Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Oh, yes, we are back. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Yeah, um, um. 32 teams in 32 days doing it Brodo style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we are taking a look at the Atlanta Falcons. I am extremely excited about today. I have a lot to say about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, joined again by the Mikeless Mike. Mike Petrop. Before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it's free for a limited time. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced statistics, all of them, including exclusive statistics. I don't know why I keep saying statistics, just stats, so much easier. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and points per opportunity excluding TDs. This is free for a limited time. We're eventually going to have to charge money for this thing because it's really good. But the reason why it's free right now is because of the patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Join now to support the show and to support the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord, play in leagues with the Brodo Bros, get an extra podcast per week, the waiver podcast during the season, private team consultations, and free giveaways, and tons more. As always, the Brodo Hub is BrotoFantasy.com. That is where you can find all things Brodo. Let's dive into the Saints. Their head coach, Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator is Dave Ragone or Ragoni, I'm not completely sure how to pronounce it, but I was going with Ragone for right now. Michael, do you know what Dave Ragone's job was before he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons? I didn't uh, know this until I looked it up either. Was he a sous chef? <laughs> because Arthur Smith, everyone assumes that it's an Arthur Smith offense coming in. Dave Ragone was the Bears quarterback coach slash pass game coordinator since 2016 the bears which makes you wonder like how these people in the nfl sometimes get these upgrades like i think anyone looking from the outside in could tell you that the bears fucked up mitch trubisky like that was something that they they fell on their face and this is just the guy this was the guy coaching him um but with that being said the Falcons he's the new falcons offensive coordinator uh we won't go by Dave Rangone. We'll go by Arthur Smith and what he uh, and li- what he likes to run. The Titans were very run heavy last year. They were a run heavy and they were a run heavy offense with play action center. They were 16th in scoring offense last season, uh, and the 24th ranked O line in PFF. But that was on a different staff, so we're not really going to take much there. The 24th ranked O line, Alex Mack. An all-time center, a Hall of Fame center, has left for the 49ers. So you have a big hole there. And the guy that he's snapping the ball to, my favorite guy, 
the guy that I've been singing the praises of for years, Matt Ryan. And if you have not sensed the sarcasm in my voice yet, or if you're new to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, allow me to tell you that I believe truly that Matt Ryan is the most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL. I, I and I'm not even I'm not even going there. People think that this guy is some sort of amazing player. He had one good year with an amazing offensive coach and. and Every other year around that, besides a few outliers, he has been trash. Absolute trash. And last year was one of his trashiest trashes of all time. Um, There is this myth that the Falcons are a high-powered offense. Everyone always thinks of them as a high-powered offense. The truth of the matter is, the Falcons have only finished as a top 10 scoring offense once since 2016. 2016 was a Super Bowl year where they went where they were the number 1 offense, where there was crazy weapons around Matt Ryan, he had the best offensive line in the league and he had Kyle Shanahan the best offensive mind in football to lead him. Um they've only finished once. And that was exactly 10th in 2018. Once. And before that crazy phenomenal year in 2016, they were only in the top 10 once since 2012 before that. So outside of a few standout seasons, a few, it's really just been a barrage of garbage time stats and highlight plays that make them look better. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Tony Gonzalez, Roddy White. These are the guys he's been throwing to in his whole career. And it baseball. is... Huh? Baseball and Tim shitting on Matt Ryan are the two national pastimes of America. Oh, I'm not. I'm not even close to done. We're <laughs> we're we're going in. Um, this is what he's done. His whole he's a completely, completely, completely volume based guy. And to be honest, his clutch numbers are so horrible that it, Matty Ice doesn't make any sense as his nickname. It doesn't. It doesn't get any worse. And I'm not even drafting Matt Ryan in a. Superflex League. I don't want him on my team at all. Because we know what his ceiling is. How many... What's the most re, uh, receptions a, a player can get, Mike? I mean, the most throws a player can throw, Michael. What does that mean, the most throws a player can throw? The most <laughs> throws they can throw is the most. Oh, first overall. Right, first overall, exactly. You can only be the most... That's the most you can be is the most most. Despite throwing the most passes last year, completing the most passes, and having the most time in the pocket per pass of any QB with 500 attempts or more, his numbers were trash last year. Matt Ryan finished 24th in true throw value, 21st in touchdown rate, 21st in quarterback rating, 15th in fantasy points per game, 12th in passing TDs. He had the fourth most interceptions and only put up six QB1 performances all season. All season. This lack of efficiency resulted in only 14 weekly positional performances in the top 12 by pass catchers, and that is buoyed by Hayden Hurst being in the top 12 of tight ends Four times, even though the games were trash. Five times. His games were trash. They were they were not tra- fantasy usable, but he was in the top 12. On top of that, 
Matt Ryan averages five points per game less without Julio Jones on the field. Now, that's just Matt Ryan last year. Let's go back to the history of Matt Ryan. This year will be Matt Ryan's first year in a new system, again. A situation where he struggled in the past, including the hiring of Kyle Shanahan as OC in 2015. This will be his fourth time that he's going to the season with a new offense in the last seven years. In those seasons where he had to learn a new offense, he averaged a touchdown rate of 3.8, which tied him for 20, which would have tied him for 23rd in the league with Tua in 2020. That's also a whole percentage point lower than his career average of 4.7, almost a whole, per, whole per percentage point lower, resulting all of this in an average of about 22 TDs a season when he has a new offensive coordinator, as opposed to 28 touchdowns in other seasons. The myth of the Falcons being a high-powered offense is a deeply entrenched narrative that we all have accepted, but as a fact... They have struggled, and they've been a volume-based offense because their defense has sucked. Even when they even when they went to the Super Bowl, even when they hired Dan Quinn, who was the architect of the, the Seattle Seahawks, they sucked. And here they are again. They suck. The Falcons are one of my favorites to win the first, uh, to be the first pick. And I think Falcons fans are going to regret forever, for so long. You could have had Justin Fields, yo. Justin Fields is a local kid. Justin Fields was in your grasp. And you decided to stick with Matt Ryan. Despite his inefficiencies. And I'm going to get into Kyle Pitts in a second. But that's my story and I'm sticking to it about Matt Ryan. Next. Tim, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you about Matt Ryan. Go ahead. Because I don't know your thoughts about him. I'm joking. <laughs> What else you got for me? I I, I've never... been shitting on Matt Ryan forever. I spent his entire Super Bowl year shitting on him. I'm and like, yo, will... this guy is so overrated. Even when he's doing great, he's do he's it's it's like make you just see it. I don't know. I don't know. I have not been a Matt Ryan fan. I have not. Honestly, I will never voluntarily ask you about Matt Ryan ever again. Just because I'm just done with you and Matt Ryan, okay? I'm here's, done with it. Here's the thing though. Like I when I when I make these Matt Ryan arguments, like I don't know where I, I put them. So every time I, I do a new Matt Ryan argument, I I dig up some other stat where he sucked. Like I'm I've 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 attacked Matt Ryan sucks at so many angles right now, it's bulletproof. Just saying. Yeah, what are you gonna do? His <laughs> life. I'm with you though. I'm not I'm not targeting him at all this fantasy season with um with Julio gone. Um that's a big loss, and he just since the Super Bowl year, he really hasn't been the same either. Like last year, he was pretty damn bad. He was just not a good quarterback. His true throw value wasn't up to par to his rest of his career. He's a uh, slowly but surely declining as he gets older in age. So I'm not super interested in Matt Ryan at all this season. Um, Michael, what about the wide receivers? Because out of this whole team, there's only one guy I want, and that guy's name is Calvin Ridley. Calvin. I also I also just took Russell Gage in a best ball draft because I think that he'll have the opportunity to put up a couple big games. Um, how do you feel about these these this wide receivers? These wide receivers. Okay. Um, if you draft Calvin Ridley today, Tim, our home league draft today is today, folks. Oh man, I, we got I'm the so excited. Live draft, the board, and everything. Real, real quick, if Michael. Draft, 
I just want to tell you something. We put a lot of hard work into the fantasy season, obviously. And we and the twins and I are in a lot of leagues together and we always have to share our thoughts with each other. Yep. Um fortunately enough, we've been blessed enough to make money off of our endeavor. We've been blessed enough to have thousands of people per week listening to us um uh, on podcasts. Uh, we've, we've had over a thousand people download the app. Um, we've been lucky to have that kind of audience. I just, it, it would have all been worth it if it was just me, you and Jason sitting around and I get to pick your brain about what you guys are thinking. I would have like all this work would have been worth it. All the rest of this stuff is just, is just gravy on top. I'm just letting you know. Gravy on top, baby. I did. That's how, that's how much I value knowing what the hell's going on in Michael and Jason's mind. <laughs> yeah. I just had to tell Tim who I wasn't drafting yeah. so he could have a better idea of who he's targeting. Cause you can't just say no when you're podcasting. Right. Right. It's like the, uh, it's just free. It's, it's just free. free. Hey Tim, who are you targeting in the second round besides Antonio Gibson, Tim? <laughs> besides Antonio Gibson. If, if, if I can't get, if I can't get like, uh, I think like Antonio Gibson might be my, my cutoff for the second round, like, or maybe CEH, maybe CEH. I don't think I could, I can pass on one of the superstar wide receivers for CEH. I'm not a CEH guy in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can't get Antonio Gibson in the second round, I'm probably looking for like Justin Jefferson or Antonio Brown and then try and get like a David Montgomery or Chris Carson in the third round. Would you grab a Darren Waller if he falls? You know, I, I haven't been mocking the tight ends. I haven't been mocking the tight ends. I think the five spot is tough to have a tight end because cause if you do take the tight end, then the wide receiver landscape and the tight and the running back landscape, I think more than normal years, really falls off between the the end of the third. Like the end of the third and the early fourth, those positions all go and then you're left with crap. So I I for me, like I've been I've been playing around with um a few things, but I, I really like to and it, I really like to have. In order to have a, a chance at a quarterback, two in the fourth round, or or the fifth round, um, you gotta you gotta draft wide receivers and running backs early. So I or it's, or a tight end, like a quarterback or a tight end, like one of the specialty positions. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll right. see. Could go anywhere. Well, any anyway, back to the Falcons um, <laughs> and Calvin Ridley. I was gonna say if you draft Calvin Ridley, you should name your team Calvin and Hobbs. But no, anyway, no, no chance. Calvin Ridley's a stud. Um, I think that's clear. If my last name was Hobbs, my last name's not Hobbs. No one calls me Hobbs. Calvin and Bobs. I'll start calling I'm, you Bob. <laughs> we'll make it make sense. <laughs> I, yo, real quick story. Real quick story. When I was a kid, there there was a, a player, Tim Salmon. Remember Tim Salmon? Of course. I love Tim and Salmon. And I had a best friend. His name was Sal. And my, my brother's name is John, and my name is Tim. So... Tim Salmon was Tim Sal Mon. So we were like, yo, Johnny, we're calling you Mon. <laughs> so we could be Tim Salmon. And we called Johnny Mon for like six months. That was like his nickname uh, for like six months. Yeah. Anyway. That's we, great, Mon. That's when we would play uh, Ken Griffey Jr. baseball at my friend's house every day. Oh, the, the simpler times. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah, ahead, Calvin Michael. Ridley. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Clearly a stud at this point. Uh, you can't deny it. He's great in all aspects of the game. Um, his reception perception is beautiful. His uh, true target values and such are beautiful. He's just a very good receiver. 90 receptions last year, 1,374 yards, nine touchdowns. The scary part of that is 
He was a top three receiver when Julio Jones was injured. Julio Jones is now gone. The scarier part of that is he only had the uh, 62nd overall catch rate among all wide receivers. So he saw he caught 90 balls, but he could have caught a lot more if that catch rate improved a little more bit. evidence that Matt Ryan sucks. Yeah, if that if that even proves to where he's 30th in catch rate, that's another four. That's another like five to 10 catches. Who knows how many yards? Who knows if that's another touchdown or two? He uh, was second in red zone opportunities. I don't see that changing, even with Kyle Pitts there. Calvin Early has always been an effective red zone asset for Matt Ryan. Um, and I think he's, at this point, look, Matt Ryan is declining, which is a little concerning, but he is in for such a massive workload. Um, first round pick in 2018, it's not like he's old. He came into the league a little older, but he's still young. He's still a very valuable asset. Um, I think he's just a super, super safe pick as a high end wide receiver. I don't really see him. I don't see, I don't really see how it could go wrong for Calvin Ridley this year. He'll be, he'll be very good. It's as simple as that. I agree. Uh, I have him ranked up top. One of the things like I, I say, Matt Ryan sucks, Matt Ryan sucks, Matt Ryan sucks. When I, the reason why I say that is because of how he's perceived. He's perceived as one of these elite quarterbacks. He's always has been, and he's never, he never really has been. Um, he's still in the top, like two thirds of the league. He's I, like I put him at like number twenty ish, right? So he can get the ball to his number one receiver, especially because they're going to be chasing a lot. But he, they're going to be chasing a lot, Michael. Does that mean you have Russell Gage on your radar? Um, what? How do you feel about Russell Gage, the guy on the other side? Yeah, um, <clears throat> Russell Gage is a hot topic this off season as well. He's getting the uh, I'm gonna start calling it the Adam Troutman theory, where it's all the hype around Russell Gage is opportunity no one discusses oh russell gage is good because of this oh russell gage does this well it's all russell gage now has the opportunity and those guys could be fool's gold especially when last year look 72 receptions 786 yards four touchdowns very nice season right from like a guy who was a third target on the team just on the surface it seems like a nice season but Despite 72 receptions, 786 yards, four touchdowns, he was sixth in red zone opportunities with 19. That's certain to – he is not going to be top 10 in red zone opportunities again. There's no way with Kyle Pitts now in that offense. In my opinion, I think that completely eradicates Russell Gage from red zone work outside of like – I mean, he'll get some red zone work, but I don't think he'll be a red zone threat. I mean, you're you're making sense. Yeah. And he had a – he was 48th in catch percentage, which, again, is also not bad. Matt Ryan just could not hit his receivers last year, it seems, which is not good for wide receivers. He was also 41st in true target value, 53rd in points per game. So he underperformed based on the targets he was seeing. And now he's going to start seeing more targets. I get that. But he already had 109 targets last year, which was 24th in the league. Kyle Pitts is there. Mike Davis is now in the backfield. He'll see some targets. Hayden Hurst is likely to still get some work as a tight end. I assume Hurst and Pitts are going to be on the field together quite a bit. They already said Kyle Pitts is going to be moving around. I just don't see like the hype in Russell Gage. I think he'll have wide receiver three weeks. Um, I think he'll have flex-worthy weeks. 
but people drafting him to be their starting wide receiver three, to be their flex. Wild. I think it's wild. Yeah. I'm I'm not trusting Russell Gage as a trustworthy, like valuable asset this year. I think he's more of a bench player, bye week fill in, play him in the right matchup type of guy. But he's not someone who stands out physically by any means either. It's not like he has huge draft capital. It's not like the Falcons are highly invested in him. Like, he just happens to be the next man up who played decent last season, but underperformed when you look, when you, uh, when it comes down to it, when it comes to true throw value. So he's just not someone I'm actively targeting um, this season. Because I just, I just don't really see him being, being a guy that you could really trust. Speaking of a guy you could trust, last year Mike Davis became a guy you can trust while CMC was out, but he fell off during the, the end of the season. The question is, can you trust him here? It doesn't look like he has a lot of competition for carries. Looks like he's going to be the guy that they're going to lean on him. But he's 28 years old. Don't usually see running backs break out of 28 years old. He's in an offense that hasn't had a good running back to speak of in a long time, although Todd Gurley did have 10 touchdowns last year. Where do you rank Mike Davis? In the, I, I've soured on Mike Davis as the the days have gone on. Guys like Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis, like guys like that who aren't like who are like bottom third of the league starting running backs, I literally have no interest in. That's why I have that's why I like drafting my top two running backs early on or if I if I have to wait, go to the third round, but there's no way I'm going like wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, or, or running back, wide receiver. I, I need two wide receivers in the first three rounds. I need them. because So I don't have to make, so I don't have to make decisions about guys like Mike Davis. I'll let someone else live the Mike Davis life. The other person that's living the Mike Davis life, how are they going to pan out, Michael? Yeah, I wouldn't be taking Mike Davis. I'd wait, take a Chase Edmonds, a Damian Harris type of guy. Um, I think even like James Conner. Um, wow, I think James Conner. Uh, at cost, I'm not saying he's going to outscore Mike Davis. I'm gotcha, just saying gotcha. ADP wise. Yeah. I'm glad I said that because so, it, it seemed like you were saying it. Look, Mike Davis was a fantasy football game changer last year <clears throat> after being a free last turn pick or waiver wire ad. And I think that may be clouding people's heads and their judgment this year for Mike Davis. He was 57th in yards per carry, 34th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. 33 in rushing yards per game, despite having the 20th most rush attempts. The receptions were really buoyed him, 59 receptions on 70 targets, both top five, 373 receiving yards, top 10. And he was tremendous to start the season, but man, he really fell off after that. He was a top 21 running back each of the first five weeks. (laughs) God bless you. Excuse me. A top 21 running back each of the first five weeks, including three top 10 performances basically stepping in very nicely for Christian McCaffrey. And then he hit a wall, four straight games of RB30 or worse. And then he was very up and down at the end of the season. Um, He had a couple more big games, but then he had a couple bust games as well outside the top 35 running backs those weeks. If I were to ask you, Tim, where Mike Davis ended in points per game last season for running backs, where would you say? Because I was kind of surprised when I saw this. Uh, running back 20, running back 17. Okay. 
I thought it was lower than I expected, based on like the sentiment around Mike Davis and the way he, he really he really McCaffrey. fell off at the end of the year. Like I remember a distinct fall off. He did, and now he's a 28 year old career journeyman with a career high of 645 rushing yards. The Adam Troutman theory, guys. Yes, he's in line for volume, but he is a 28 year old career journeyman who just set a career high in rushing yards with 645. Like, he's going off the board as RB27. So people aren't overdrafting him. ADP of 68.2. Generally makes sense. I think RB27 makes sense for his role on that team because he is going to get a lot of volume. He is going to catch passes. This is a bad team. He could easily see five targets a game, which is big, and get red zone work and all that good stuff. So he's going to have some spike weeks. Some some weeks people are going to be like, I told you to draft Mike Davis, booyah, because people like the victory lap. But Mike Davis is not a profile of a guy that I want to bet on. I'm not betting on a 28-year-old career journeyman to be a valuable fantasy piece the entire season. We agree. I think I think there's going to be a lot of bust weeks for Mike Davis as well, and I just don't see him being worth – like. If you want to take him at RB27, I won't get mad at you. I'd just so much rather take a Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster type wide receiver over Mike Davis, which is where you'd have to draft him. I'd take Juju over Mike Davis 100%. Juju's going so much later than those guys, though. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's how I feel about Mike Davis. Like, I'd rather draft a wide receiver in that spot or wait around later, get Chase Edmonds. Or wait four rounds later, get James Conner. So I'm not super interested in Mike Davis at ADP this year. He's very, very blah, in my opinion. Mike, are you ready to go to tight ends? Always. All right, because uh, I've, I've got more to say. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get mad right now. I can already tell. I, my, me and Michael are gonna disagree on this one. Um, Michael, why don't you tell people why you like Hoppets? Go ahead. I like Kyle Pitts because he is going to be the number two receiver on this team. Oh, yeah. such... oh, 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 the Adam Trapman, the, the Adam Trapman effect. You're saying no, because <laughs> Kyle Pitts is a generational unicorn talent. Oh yeah, is that right? There's no. a difference. I'm about to, I'm about I to don't tear care. your argument down, I don't kid. Care I'm about to tear if, your argument down, kid. I don't care you ain't ready, if, kid. If Cole Komet can't produce as a rookie because he's a tight end, okay? I don't care if Pat Fryermuth doesn't. Pr- produce as a rookie tight end i don't care if name a tight end oj howard yeah name a tight end any tight end any one of them ever name any of them kyle pitts is a different player Uh uh-huh they already said he's going to move around he's basically going to be a receiving weapon they're not going to be like yo kyle pitts play tight end and block in line Mm, every other down he's going to be a receiving threat the dude is an absolute monster the floor to be the tight end three is so damn low. Excuse me. The tight end four is so damn low. Oh, so damn low. After Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, it's a joke, the tight ends. What a joke. So I'm 1,000% okay taking a shot on Kyle Pitts at his current ADP. Gross. Because he has the chance to be a top 25 wide receiver disgusting. at the tight end position. Absolutely disgusting. All right. I don't care about all the stats you're about to rattle off oh, about should. tight ends. Oh, you because should. Because that is not how he's going to be Oh, used. Oh, you think I just got tight end stats. 
oh baby there's so much more all right oh boy so michael 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 see do you know what's happening here it's rookie fever rookie fever is a pandemic that we've been fighting for a long time generations um and this this year we have the justin jefferson variant which um rookie fever hit him so hard that he it's just spreading like wildfire now because everyone wants the next justin jefferson so kyle pitts has become that because right now you're taking him at tight end four tight end four that's the 45th overall player off the board he's in the company of guys like lamar jackson kyler murray cooper cup dj moore mark andrews and tj hawkinson michael said he's okay with you taking a pick like that um i'm gonna tell you why i'm so not okay with this and I want to start with the position of tight end. Because as much as Michael wants to yell about how he's not a tight end, guess what? When Roger Goodell went up to the, to the post, he said, tight end, Kyle Pitts. He didn't say wide receiver, Kyle Pitts. He didn't say unicorn, Kyle Pitts. He said tight end, Kyle Pitts. So, in the history of the NFL, there have only been six rookie tight ends ever, ever, to record 700 receiving yards. Ever. Two of them since 2000. Jeremy Shockey and Evan Ingram. Both have done it for the Giants. I don't know why. That's kind of like ironic, I guess. Furthermore, only eight tight ends have produced at least six touchdowns in their rookie seasons since the year 2000. In that same time span, only Evan Ingram, who, by the way, saw 115 targets in his rookie season, had a combination of both. He had a slash line of 64 for 722 and 6 in 2017. Now, you might be asking, Tim, what are these random ass numbers that you've come up with? Oh, these are not arbitrary milestones, my friend. These are the numbers hit by last year's PPR tight end four, which is where Kyle Pitts is being drafted. TJ Hawkinson. He put up 67, 722, and 6 in his third year in the league. Very similar to that Evan Ingram year. Over the last five seasons, in fact, the PPR tight end four has averaged 195.6 PPR points per season. That's over a 17-game season. So even on that last week, that kind of doesn't count. So take that into consideration. In the last 20 years, there have been a grand total of, ready for this, Michael? Guess how many rookies that have reached that point total from the tight end position? Zero, Zero. and only two tight ends ever, Keith Jackson in 1988 and Mike Ditka, stop it, in 1961 have ever put up as many points in that rookie season. In order for Kyle Pitts to simply match the average amount of points it takes to justify his draft slot, he would literally need to do something that has not been done since people use newspapers and pencils to track fantasy stats. Oh, but Michael says he's a unicorn. He's a hybrid wide receiver slash tight end. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah, yeah. We may have heard that about other tight end prospects. We'll get to that later, though. Because let's look at pass catchers. In the history of the NFL, in the history of the NFL, 265 pass catchers, that's wide receivers and tight ends, have been drafted in the first round. In the history of the NFL, only 25 rookies ever reached the 195.6 PPR threshold that the tight end four average. We're going to talk about that 195.6 PPR a lot as I go because that's the number I'm going to be looking at. 
Because I don't want to do just yards, just receptions, just touchdowns, points. That's what it's all about, points, no matter how you get them, right? Nine of these people are still in the league. You ready to hear these names? Certified superstars. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins, maybe not him, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, C.D. Lamb, and Justin Jefferson are the only active players to have done that. In fact, let's go even further than that. 1,632 rookie pass catchers have been drafted in any round over the last 20 years. And only 24 of those total players, that's 1.4%, have reached 195.6 average points needed to be that tight end four. And you're asking a guy in Matt Ryan who does not usually carry two receivers to now carry two receivers. We already talked about Matt Ryan's inefficiencies because Calvin Ridley's there. Even though all these stats are happening, if Calvin Ridley gets injured, all of a sudden this is a good pick because Kyle Pitts is clearly going to be the number one option on the team. But he's not. He's the number two option on the team. And he's playing a more complicated position no matter where they want to put him. He's going to have to block eventually. Is Pitts really a unicorn? Michael said... He does, maybe he doesn't have to block. Maybe he's a unicorn. In terms of workout metrics, we've seen players in recent years who have similar athletic profiles. Now, these are not. This is not a regular athletic profile. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from the athleticism of this dude. This guy is a is a freak. But is he so? Is he so unique? Noah Fant, George Kittle, and going a little further back, Vernon Davis, who was picked six overall, the highest picked tight end before Kyle Pitts. All measured very similarly to Pitts and workout metrics. In some cases, like Noah Fant and Speed Score, they graded out to as superior to Pitts. So very similar athletic profiles. All those, although all those players eventually became stars, and I think Kyle Pitts will become a star. I think he'll be Travis Kelsey eventually. None of them produced at a tight end one level in their rookie seasons. Kittle is the only one to ever pass. 195.6 PPR points ever at any time in his career. Look, I love the prospect Pitts. And if you were telling me I can have him in the eighth round and I can have him at tight end eight, I'd say okay. Because I'm passing up like I'm passing up on guys like, you know, Robert Tanyan and Robbie Anderson and you know, guys like that. But you're asking me to pass on guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. <coughs> and the reason I'm mentioning them is because if you're going to draft tight end, you're going for that you're going for that advantage, positional advantage on the one on the one guy. But you can also get wide receivers like Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews at tight end, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. You can get these guys around that time. There's no way Kyle Pitts isn't going to be on any of my teams. None. I hear you. I get that. Like, I get the ADP. Um, I, I was, like, yelling about Kyle Pitts at you because I knew you were going to be uh, fading him a lot. I've also – let me make it clear that I'm not, like, saying go draft Kyle Pitts in all mm. your drafts. I haven't drafted Kyle Pitts that much because of his cost. I've drafted him a few times when he fell into, like, late fifth, sixth round – 
where it was past his ADP, and I said, I looked at my team and I said, I could take this shot here. But like like you said, if there's like a DJ Moore or Kyle Pitts, I'd be really hard. It would be really hard for me to pass up on DJ Moore to draft Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't do that. Every year there's but a... I'm just saying, Go ahead. I do think there is a very decent chance Kyle Pitts does end as a top five tight end this season okay. right out of the gate because he's a monster. I mean, is there a slight outside chance because he's a monster? There is. But to pass on guys like, and I'm not even talking about the guys in the sixth round. Like, you're talking about, you're talking about guys that are that are good. And I'm not even talking about like later dudes like you were mentioning, like Brandon Ayuk and Chase Claypool and and Raheem Mostert and guys like that, like good players that are still available in the sixth round, and the seventh round. It's just, oh man, I just, I just can't see myself doing it. I can't see myself doing it. That Falcons fans don't like me very much. I have not been kind to the Falcons. I do not like that organization. I think they really fucked up everything. Also, I mean, it all starts to make yeah. Ryan really. It all. It also is very interesting that they drafted. Um, what's his face? The tight end that they even drafted Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah. with the way and not a quarterback, but maybe that's just. They're going to want – maybe that plays into it too. They're just going to want to force it so bad that they're like, screw it. Let's just feed this guy a million targets since we need him to be good for our sake. <laughs> well, you could try You could try and get pits as much as you want, but he, he'll be in the pits of despair for me. He's my number one. I, I There was recently a, an article on, on Fantasy Pros that I contributed to, and he was my bust of the year. He was my number one bust. Yeah, I mean, I think that's not correct, but do you, kid? Uh, Michael, who's one injury away on this team? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, – this is one of those no-one type things, but maybe like uh, uh, however you pronounce his name, Alamide Zacchaeus. Hmm. If something were to happen, he gets on the field, field stretcher type guy, maybe catch some long bombs now and then. Um had some decent performances last year. Would likely step into like a flex type role if something were to happen to Gage or um, or Ridley ahead of him. If Ridley goes down, that offense is going to be disgusting, disgustingly bad. Not disgusting good, like the cool kids say. <laughs> I don't even think that's a cool kid word anymore. Um, disgusting. I don't think that's a cool kid word anymore. I might, I might be wrong. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Are you ready for this one? Backup. Who's who's Matt Ryan's backup quarterback? <laughs> Josh Rosen, baby. Oh goodness gracious! Chosen Rosen is gonna come from the depths of despair. Right now, third in the depth chart behind Felipe. Rosen. Really smells like poo. Ooh, ooh. Behind Felipe Franks. Just so you know, got to beat up Felipe Franks first. But Josh Rosen coming through. The chosen Rosen. Matt Ryan playing terrible. The fans want his head. He's an old man, so he tweaks his toe. He decides, I don't want to play no more. I got turf toe. Step in, Josh Rosen, and take your righteous place where you should have been. I like Josh Rosen, the prospect coming out of college. I did. I liked him. He didn't get a fair shake. Go to go do yourself and do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and put in Josh Rosen dropped passes. And see how many dimes this kid put into the hands of some Dolphins wide uh, receivers. No, I'm just saying. He's gotten, 
enough chances now where he would be. How many chances? He got zero chances. He's getting cut by teams. If he was better, he wouldn't be getting cut. All right? Enough. Maybe he's getting cut because Kyle Shanahan's like, you're so good. You got to get the fuck out of here. Totally. That's what, that's how it works. <laughs> All right. With that being said, this is a 40 minute episode. I told you I, every time the Falcons, I have a lot, I have a lot to say about the Falcons. I can't oh, this is it. definitely going to, this might set a record for longest heat wave. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Tiki Talkie. Um, and Facebook. And Facebookie. But it's not at Brodo Fantasy on Facebook. It's just Brodo Fantasy. Yeah, you just search Brodo Fantasy. Yeah. You just search it. With that being said, um, we will see you next time where we will be discussing more AFC, NFC South members uh, leading us up to the beginning of the season. See you next time. Peace. Heat wave. <laughs>